0: Guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, the show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host Stefan Neff. Today is another day for a fantastic interview, and I'm really, really excited to have Sarah K. Ramsey with me. Sarah K. for Kristen uh, Ramsey, who <laughs> is a toxic relationship coach, and that is such an important thing. Is I live in beautiful New Zealand, but the amount of family harm that we see here is uh, epidemic in its proportion. And that unfortunately is an undercurrent that we see around the world in far, far, far too high percentages. So if you have dialed in here in order to learn more about toxic relationships, and what to do about them and where we can go from here, welcome. You're exactly, exactly at the right place today. So, Sarah, I'm absolutely humbled and honored to have you on my show. Thank you so much that you made time.
1: Thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm excited as well.
0: Mm. (sighs) No one ever ends up in the place that they were meant to be in. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that in your past, there was a time as a teenager where you probably were quite romantic and... Thought about was there a prince charming? Was there the the notion of you oh, hand in hand skipping along the meadow and and plucking little little what is it, daisies that you, that you pluck and count? I love you, he loves me, he loves me not. <laughs> was there such a girl in you?
1: Well, absolutely, and there was also the girl in me that thought if I was good enough the God slash universe would have my back, right? The higher power would have my back and things would magically work out and relationships would magically work out. (laughs) And uh, it didn't always go quite that smoothly. It did not go that smoothly for me.
0: (laughs) Uh, Welcome to my world. (laughs) Yes,
1: welcome to the world.
0: I I think the reality is that, that virtually everyone uh is finding themselves in in similar places and i mean we've got nine billion people on this this earth and we are all different and here we suddenly expect with the first or second go to have that magic match somehow and yeah exactly right now there and then he just walks in front of you or however you you happen to to meet i have to say well you're far better off actually just playing lotto. You probably have half, half, a far higher chance of, well, of...
1: playing out. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. but so, so you, you found, you found someone who you thought was absolutely the B's and E's. Um, and were you a happy girl?
1: Well, you're giving me a lot of credit assuming that I've only had one toxic relationship in my life. And I, I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) it has not been, you know, for my high school boyfriend who left me for my best friend on and on and on and on and just rebounding and keeping back up and thinking, Oh, you know, the next relationship will be lovely. And, and I am in a very healthy and lovely relationship now, but this, Skills that I had to develop, to the boundaries I had to develop, the knowledge I had to develop, the the person inside of me that I had to develop to say, if you're going to be in a relationship with me, this is what I put up with, and this is what I do not put up with, and acting in integrity and holding that to myself, right? And this is who I am. This is what I put up with, and if you fit into that, great, and not in a witchy, ugly, overbearing type way, but just a a grounded way. I know who I am, I know what I need, and I know what I can't deal with, right? And uh, if I can't deal with it, I'm not going to try. You know, there's there's not that romantic piece in my mind, oh, love will conquer all, it will all work out. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a nice, it makes for a nice song and a nice movie. It rarely makes for a
0: nice life, and that's so true. Mm-hmm. And I would like to put in there right now: if you find yourself quietly listening to that with the with your phone very close to your ear, so that that your partner can't hear what you're listening to, and if you actually are finding yourself in a relationship right now that is, in fact, a potential danger to you, then what I want you to do right now, please stop listening and use that phone and call the numbers in your country that are there for you to get at. If there is right now a risk to your life and maybe to that of your children, then please, however hard it will be, Call that line because someone is actually in your vicinity there to help you. Here in New Zealand, we have got women's refuge, uh, which is very powerful to, to find women a way out where they have got safe houses where you can be placed, where they can help you even if it is three o'clock in the morning and you walk out when you walk out of the house with nothing on, literally. There is there is I've worked with the women's refuges here. There's there are you come to a room where there will be boxes with various clothing in there where we can help you out and the safe place is provided and the place is, is monitored with direct links to the police, etc. So it's a safe place out there. Call those lines, please. Uh, because we are beaming here internationally, there will be many different versions of help available. So I forgive me that I can't put them into the Description of the podcast or the YouTube channel because it, that would be bigger than, than uh, the right. Bible. So, but guys, guys, please, please, please look out uh, for yourself. Um, there might be a situation where you have to act before you can listen to the rest of this podcast. Okay.
1: And that's true. It is about action and mm. The mm. overcoming that fear of. Oh, you know, in, in a toxic relationship, there's something called learned helplessness, which means they make you feel as if there is no life outside of that person, or there is no hope outside of that person, or no one will ever love you other than that person, or you'll always be alone, or they'll take your children away, or they'll take the money away, whatever it is. Um, and, and the laws are not perfect surrounding this issue. Uh, I've talked, I have Clients from all over the world. The laws are not perfect, but they are probably more helpful than you realize in mm. taking back your life and protection um, from someone. And you know, toxic relationship does not just have to be physical by any means. Mm. It is. I define it as um, when the two partners do not play by the same set of rules. Nice. Okay, It's the simplest way. You get into words like abuse and you know, narcissism and whatever. And it starts to become really complex and being the path, feeling simple to you. and, And the process being simple is a way to make change in your life. When it's really complicated, it becomes more scary. It becomes, we kind of freak out, our brains freak out, but it's a relationship where one partner makes the rules and that same partner gets to enforce the rules and they get to break the rules. <laughs> and the other partner's job is to follow the rules. Uh, and it's just such an unhealthy dynamic um, that we don't even realize we're living in sometimes.
0: And I love the way that you said partner because that has absolutely bugger all to do with the gender that, that is expressed in your chromosomes. Okay, absolutely. There are enough beaten men out there. And for them, if it is even even more difficult, because it goes absolutely against our grain to even ask for help, to even ask for directions, <laughs> to you know, it is we 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 have the double whammy of wanting to be the strong, masculine man who takes on eight guys out there. Ha <laughs> ha! Bullshit.
1: yes I get messages from men all the time who've been in toxic relationships as well as um, you know same-sex couples who have been in toxic relationships and I work with people I happen to do most of my work within women but um, I you are the second sign from the universe today that I need to expand that I have a message from a man he said don't you know guys can be in toxic relationships too and I said of course, I know that. You know, the of <laughs> people in my life, I've helped to that have been in toxic relationships, um, and it looks right. Um, so often, if, a, if the male is toxic, they tend to power over, and if the female is toxic, sometimes she can play victim, mm-hmm. right? And and both can be equally damaging. Both Once, can be damaging okay. and damaging.
0: Whilst uh-huh. I'm, I'm rolling my eyes, I was lucky enough that i did never uh, end up in the receiving end of uh, a toxic relationship and vice versa i whilst i was a dick when i was a younger man um i was hopefully never toxic mm-hmm. from that angle manipulative and and um and breaking the rules if i was then i do apologize here publicly um because that is, it is an amazing thing. When you look back at something, you have to realize that your brain tries to protect you.
1: So it will
0: will change the dynamics. It will just mildly alter the whole narrative of it. It might just be that you're no longer the asshole that you actually really were. Um, so you're actually just you my mildens that a little bit, um, yeah. because I, I saw that when, when I wrote my book, my steps to sobriety, and there is a there's an, an, a chapter in uh, before postnatal depression, and um, the story essentially of my wife who had suffered from it, and I had written it to the best of my knowledge, and I thought that was actually quite accurate and etc. and how much I loved her, blah blah, and she read it. And she was angry because her story was actually rather different from my story. So she had focused on very different aspects of that particular time frame. And it took us quite some talking for us to actually come together and realize that just how different our two brains looked at exactly the same scenario. And so therefore it is... hmm, it is a tricky one there is there is always you know his story her story and the truth and i think let's be very clear about that when we look at at well, such things
1: best way to counterbalance that in a toxic relationship just like what you said there were probably points in time that you were an asshole right But you did not have a game plan of manipulation or Mm -hmm. trying to chess pieces and maneuver chess pieces, which so many people have been in and experienced in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, so often I'll have people come, they'll say, but I wasn't perfect either. And it's like, well, of course you weren't. Nobody's perfect in a relationship. We all have um, toxic uh, snapshots. Right. We sometimes if that was the only picture of our lives, it may appear that we're the toxic person. But did you have was it a pattern or an instance? And if it's a consistent pattern of manipulation, a consistent pattern of cheating, a consistent pattern of lying, a consistent pattern of whatever is, that's how you know that person was toxic right nice, nice. And, and, and if you go to a counselor and you're looking for some type of um joint counseling that is the language i would use there's a pattern of high conflict behavior there's a pattern of playing by a different set of rules there's a pattern of that's the language i would use because otherwise it, it's like oh this you know it compare um You've heard of a mountain and a mohill, right? So someone doesn't act perfect because they're not. And so they compare their one incidence or two or three instances to like this lifetime of bad behavior. And then they say, well, I'm not perfect either. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not a good idea. Uh, this is not a good idea. So,
0: Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Good, good.
1: In other people's stories. Um, there's a man named Lundy Bancroft. He wrote the book, Why Does He Do That, Inside the Minds of Angry and Controlling Men, and which happens to be about men in that, in that circumstance. And he said it's a lot, he, he basically, I think it was in the US, but he ran anger management classes. So a man would have anger management issues, the court would issue these classes, and he was the teacher of these classes. So he worked with men versus who were the... Um, the problem rather than the victim. So so much of our information surrounding this comes from the victim's perspective rather than the toxic person's perspective. So he has a really unique handle on this, which I really love. But he said it's like they went to school to learn how to do this. Their patterns are so similar, their strategies are so similar. And that's how it's like, oh, I wasn't making it up. I I couldn't be making it up if the exact same thing is in this book. If the exact same thing is in this scenario or in this story, if the exact same thing happened to my neighbor, surely I can't, I can't be the one making it up. And that's where it helps. Even you were talking about how we remember things. And sometimes we, we always make the memory work to our favor. Okay. So sometimes that means making us look better. And sometimes it makes it means making them look better, so I don't have to leave, so I don't have to make decisions mm. so i don't have to do the own change in my own life
0: so true, so true, isn't it because that's that's what we what our brain is hardwired to to prevent pain to to have a nice life to get a reward and yes. to not have pain. And to leave someone uh, can appear to be such a huge pain compared with the slow death and torture yes. that you're actually experiencing.
1: Yes, yes. And uh,
0: that is the hard bit. And, and let's be quite clear. I think even the worst manipulated woman will recognize that once the knife literally is in the hand of her, her partner, uh, that it is time to leave. Okay. But luckily, these incidences are not as common. It is far, far, far more common to have that lower grade, yeah. constant, emotional, abusive relationship rather than I beat you to a, to a hair width of death kind of relationship
1: and that's where it in our own minds it's like oh well my situation isn't as bad as her situation at least no one's punching me Mm. at least no one's this and it can become an excuse Mm. to to not create a better life for ourselves and our kids and you know, when you get into that, at least, and I get women on the phone all the time, they're saying, well, I'm not the worst case scenario. And I, the way I say it is, well, a little bit of cancer still sucks, right? <laughs> Nobody wants cancer. There's some, my, my dear friend, her father died from brain cancer. It was horrible. It was horrible, right? But if I don't put sunscreen on because I say, well, skin cancer is not as bad as brain cancer, so it's fine. I don't have to wear sunscreen. You're in you're in for some real trouble. Right? Uh, that that way that our brains trick us can be so dangerous. It can be so dangerous.
0: Also, the other thing to be said in this moment in time, so if you think, oh well, I'm not as bad, there are others are worse yeah. off. What you what you should say, I'm not as bad yet. What? Because you don't know where the dynamic is going. You don't know what is happening if, if your supposed loved one uh, is now losing his job or is hitting the bottle harder yes. or the frustrations go higher, where does that end? Because the same pattern will remain there just as much if an, an addict or an alcoholic doesn't deal with the underlying reasons why he is drinking, then yes, he can white-knuckle it for some time and then just say, nah, with willpower, I don't need to drink but the reasons why you drink are still there. And it then adds some additional stresses and you're back on the bottle. Same with yeah. an abusive relationship or a toxic relationship. You have yeah. no idea where that goes when the gloves come off. And please, guys, please, please, please. So listen to, to what we're talking here. Listen to Sarah's, Sarah's facts so, let's, Sarah, let's go through what is a toxic relationship. We've touched already
1: yep.
0: upon some of the the, the hallmarks, the, the, the behaviors, but maybe let's spell it out in no uncertain terms here that people can, in their mind, go through a tick list and actually think, hmm, actually, I'm the winner. I've got all of them.
1: Hey. The, the worst winner ever. Yeah, <laughs> Can be very freeing to say, "Oh, there's there's a label to what's happening to me, right? I'm in a toxic relationship. There's a label. This isn't just in my head." Because one of the biggest characteristics of a toxic relationship is a term called crazy making. Okay, so there's gaslighting and there's crazy making. Uh, For example, uh, you and I are sitting there at dinner, and I knock your you had a bottle of water there, so I knock your bottle of water over, and then you say, why did you knock my bottle of water over? And I say, I didn't knock your bottle of water over. You knocked your bottle of water over. Why are you blaming me for your shit, right? That happens. It it seems impossible that it could happen as often as it does, but they shift blame, right? They do something and they shift blame. Now that can also go in the form of, well, I wouldn't have had to break your computer if you'd been home on time. Well, I wouldn't have had to cheat on you if you hadn't gained five pounds. Well, I wouldn't, whatever it is, it's blame shifting, okay, and something that should not be your fault all of a sudden becomes your fault, and it seems like it's always your fault. It's not, you know, and I say, okay, okay. Is it statistically possible that 100% of things are your fault? Is that statistically possible? Could it really all be your fault? And they're like, well, oh, no, that doesn't make sense. I said, well, how is it in your relationship? Is it 50-50, 70-30, or is it 95-5? And then I say, well, how hard are you trying? And the people who are not the toxic person, oh my gosh, I'm trying so hard. I change how I speak. I'm reading all this. I really work on myself. I try to make him make sure he doesn't get mad or she doesn't get mad. Uh, and they, they always have this checklist. If I say, what are you doing to try to fix the relationship? They can always give me a checklist. I'm trying all these things. And it's like, okay, so you're trying all these things, studying communication, trying to be a better person, trying to be a better wife or husband. And yet things are still a hundred percent your fault. Do you feel like something may be wrong with that? Do you, does that make sense to you? And they're like, oh, you know, Um, and those are the more subtle red flags. You know, sure, I can say if they break your stuff, if they lunge at you, if they call you cuss words all the time, if they, um, you know, are cheating on you all the time, if they ever punch holes in the walls, if they ever, you know, flirt with other women in front of you to make you mad, to put you in your place, those are pretty easy checklists that someone can Google, right? If you look in a, if you Google red flags in a relationship. So I I realize that some of the things I'm talking about are more subtle (laughs) because our brains are so good at tricking us, right? And it's like, if, you know, he gets mad and punches a hole in the wall, there's evidence and it's like, okay, that's probably a toxic relationship. But if he blame shifts, and makes it seem like it's your fault that he had to break the computer because you didn't have dinner ready on time, wore the wrong outfit, uh, didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. That's where where the, the confusion comes in, right? Because it's like, well, yeah, he broke the computer and punched a hole in the wall and did this and this but you know, I need to take ownership for me and I need to take responsibility for me. And if I hadn't done this to make him mad, then he wouldn't have had to do that. So if I work on not ever making him mad, then that won't happen again. So I just need to work on me. And you see how confusing it is, right? But that's where they call it crazy making, blame shifting and crazy making. And you can spend years in that without like, someone on the outside goes, whoa, No, he shouldn't punch a hole in the wall either way. Like you do something little and he gets to misbehave big or, you know, gender roles reversed as well. Um, But you keep taking ownership for your little blank, your little thing, and they get away with big things. And that's where it's just so, gets so messed up and just drags out forever because you're a good person. So you try to fix the little thing, hoping the big thing will stop. But there's a fabulous quote, I can't remember who, who said it, um, and it said, if someone is determined to make you trip, it doesn't matter where you step.
0: Okay? Nice one, nice one, yeah.
1: Isn't that fabulous? Mm-hmm. And so you keep trying to change that little thing so you don't piss them off or make them mad or trigger them or whatever else it is. And I'm sure in your situ- you know, in this situation, since we're talking about alcoholism, you know, and sobriety and whatnot, it's, well, I wouldn't have to always drink if you would tick, 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 you know, and then their drinking becomes your problem. Everything's your problem. Everything is your problem. And nothing is their problem. And that is really what to look for. And a conversation, if you have a friend or a loved one in a toxic relationship and, and using that language, because if you say you're in a toxic relationship, you need to leave. Then, I'm not in a toxic relationship. In fact, it's my problem. The only reason he drinks is because I talk too loud or I chew my gum too loud or, you know, I hear I put on this weight since a baby and it's my fault. So they don't see themselves in a toxic relationship. So they will defend the person punching holes in the walls and they will truly believe that it is their fault because the toxic person has shifted the blame on them.
0: And let's be quite clear. It is, it is not that they pull the wool over their eyes. It is actually that on a subconscious level, the brain manipulates the yes. way they see things. Yes. And it yes. is truly the way they see it, what they yes. believe is yes. actually, no, no, it's all my fault. Yes. But this all happens, not not up there, clearly, conscious, no. It happens so low down, low down, the reptilian okay. brain gets manipulated. And that's the hard bit. That's the hard bit. And then you point to the bruises and you point to the, to, to the blue eye and you think, oh, uh, hmm. What's that? Oh no, no, no! That that's a once-off. That was he didn't really mean that. He, he that is it's all no no. It was really my fault, and it is bizarre. Yeah.
1: It is so sad. And yeah. I had a a client, and she had a boyfriend. He who also had a wife. He had a wife. She was the girlfriend, and then I think he ended up with a mistress, and everyone kind of thought, well, he's choosing me. He loves me. He's, you know, he was getting away with everything. I mean, you just think, wow. Um, he's the closest, like seeing the wolf on wall street where it's just like, get away with just like crazy stuff. And you're just like, how has this person gotten away with this? And he introduced her to his girlfriend, not the wife, he introduced her to some of his friends and they said, wow, she's really pretty. He said, she'd be really great if she wasn't such a bitch. And you and I hear that and go, whoa, he said, what? That's that's how he introduced you? What she, but when she's telling me this story, she's saying, gosh, do you think you could help me not be such a bitch? There had to be a reason he said that. Uh, so I must need to work on me. Uh, you see how crazy confusing it gets. So, of course, it doesn't have to be a bruise on the eye. <laughs> it can be all these things, you know. It can be, I had a, another girl on the phone. She wasn't allowed to have a credit card. And I said, what do you mean you don't have a credit card? How old are you? Have you ever been in debt? Have you ever declared bankruptcy? Have you ever, over, you know, had huge issues with money? No. Didn't you just say you made $10,000 this weekend on a wedding? Yeah. So you have your own job. You bring in good money, 10,000 U.S., bring in good money, and you're not allowed to have a credit card. Well, yeah. You know, he just said I didn't need one. If I needed anything, I could ask him for it. That's not a black eye. That's harder to see. Right? <laughs> no. And I was like, okay, honey, you know, I just, I just want to say, what, what's the law? the US law are you are you legally allowed to have a credit card she said yes I said you're not doing anything wrong he just made you feel like you were doing something wrong and this poor girl she's trying to do the right by her husband and right by society she's you know and the black eye is kind of easy to see Mm -hmm. but that kind of control living in that situation is maddening Mm -hmm. so then You go crazy and you end up with mental illness or you end up depressed or you end up with an addiction or you end up just to escape that kind of, that kind of control. But it's subtle. The black eyes are kind of easy, right? They're kind of easy compared to that because how many other people has she told about the credit card? And they went, well, that's weird, but they didn't know what to say. They didn't understand what was happening because they don't study it all the time like I do, right? Um, So it can come in so many forms, but basically, one person gets to make the rules, one person gets to break the rules, one person gets to enforce the rules, and your job is to follow the rules. That's Mm -hmm. the common denominator in all these situations, whether they be violent, emotionally abusive, um, or financially abusive. It's still, that's that's the commonality.
0: Which is crazy. Which is crazy when you spell it out. Having said that, as I said, this is because it is on a subconscious level. People don't pick up on it. It is it is not as obvious uh, as it should be. If you were to put a guesstimate on it, how many marriages do you think would fit that bill? Are there figures out there that that?
1: Yeah, it's like every minute. Well, I think one, one out of every three or four females, this is a female statistic, um, have experienced violence at the hand of a partner mm. at some point in their life. Um, but there's a great book called The Five Types of People Who Will Ruin Your Life. And they basically estimate that one out of 10 of us in the world would not respond like nine out of 10 people would kind of respond the same way. Like, well, of course you can have a credit card. You're an adult. And then one out of 10 would think, well, the rules don't apply to me. I should get to choose and I should get to tell you. And so that's a huge amount. If there's, they say that um, 3% or something of our society may be sociopaths, but they don't end up like Ted Bundy. Right. But they don't have the same guilt centers or, brain constructs that that i don't want to say normal but that 9 out of 10 people may have so that's a huge amount of society a huge amount of society and there's this conversation right now about narcissism and you know are we overusing the word narcissist to say every selfish jerk is a narcissist and who cares who cares it's language that actually helps people make sense of their father of their mother of that college boyfriend, of their current husband, whatever that may be. Um, So it's absolutely more common than you would think. I still think the statistics are not even true. (laughs) They're pretty high, but they're not even true. Um, And like in this one situation, well, that one Wolf on Wall Street, he was was not in Wall Street, he was in Mid-America. That Wolf on Wall Street, he had a wife he was doing this too. He had a girlfriend he was doing this too. He had a couple of mistresses he was doing this too so it can spread out too. many women come to me in guilt because they this man came to them and said oh my wife's crazy she's horrible she's so bad I need you to take care of me so the female becomes the mistress or the girlfriend and so then he's got two women going for years and years and years and years and the both females are being manipulated you know and it's still everyone is making their own choices for sure but the subtleties and the way they they shift blame and lie if if you're not a liar you don't assume someone else is lying to you you just okay. don't
0: yeah I, and yeah the figures that you're quoting are probably not so far off i quote very similar um i i uh, I'm maybe more naive and maybe more looking at a positive side of society. I quote 1% as sociopaths and psychopaths, but that's still one in 100 who are, who
1: 100. are
0: uh, yes. there. And the 10%, uh, I quote 10% as personality disorders, right. uh, yes. and that's that's where the narcissist fits in very nicely, right. etc. But I might be very conservative. There, uh, there are. If you listen, if you were to listen to police radio around the world, then you would very likely hear: "Oh, go uh, there and there, a family harm incident." Three minutes later, a wife being beaten in the in the supermarket car park. Then you go ten minutes later. similar incident mild variations of a theme but right. essentially toxic relationships and it is so prevalent out there it is so common out
1: and that's there. what's reported
0: that's right that's right exactly exactly right and
1: is thinking it's her fault she's not calling the police about no. something that she thinks is her fault hmm. right she's not going to but you go eight or nine years before the, the one thing happens that the police are called about and it's eight or nine years of her life or his life. It can absolutely go both ways. Yeah. Um, and I do want to say something, what you said about personality disorders, because uh, I always try to remind people because they say, Oh, you know, it's a mental illness. If it was cancer, I would stick by them and I would support a mental illness. And I say, mm-hmm. yes, I understand that. I agree with that. Um, but there's a reason it's called a personality disorder. Hmm. This is their personality. This is who they are, right? This isn't like, um, you know, we all have our shadow side, the, the one shadow side that we can kind of push off or, you know, not our best selves. It's like, no, this is their personality. This is how they interact with the world, this is how they see the world that's it's <laughs> pretty extreme like you, there's no pill for that right? you can't just take a pill and make it go away because this is their personality and that is a hmm. hopefully a huge puzzle piece that kind of clicks in with people um because it's not you know it's not cancer that goes away
0: that's right and however much you want to change yourself to change that personality it doesn't work It would be the same as you say. Look, I I really, really, really want to lose twenty pounds right now, so that my partner is no longer white and that he turns black. (laughs) That is is actually probably not working. Okay.
1: No. Yeah. It's not working, and the years. I mean, I just think, oh my gosh, if humankind was not dealing with toxic relationships, whether it be a parent, you know, if, if this just went away, where would mankind be if they, were, if they were solving problems that had solutions, rather than toxic people problems? <laughs> I, I can't even imagine we would all be like Albert Einstein's or something. I don't know, we like would be evolved so quickly. Um, it, it's really interesting. There's some, what's interesting is evolutionary studies on why these people exist. Uh, it is very interesting. Obviously, you know, not a definitive answer, but they're great for war time. Yeah, right? right? They're very willing to go in war and fight. and They're very protective. Uh, so that, that's some interesting theory on that. But uh, it's just mm. we've got to start solving problems that have solutions. And solving the problem of someone's personality is a very bad problem to solve. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get much, you know. Therapy's not the magic pill. That therapy's good at can be good at diagnosing the problem. But I, I there's very few people who's like, oh, I used to have a personality disorder, now I'm Mother Teresa. It it's not, you know, you're trying to turn a crocodile into a bunny. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. right?
0: Well, if I if I accept that notion with regards to the Barrier being uh more naturally uh, a person maybe with a different special personality do you see a disproportionately high percentage in your clientele of service women and men that are afflicted by that
1: and um, are you familiar with the myers-briggs no the myers-briggs personality of there's um there's uh E-N-T-P or E but there's this personality letter it's very popular Very this personality letter called the N versus intuitive versus sensing so intuitive people tend to be more drawn to these toxic relationships or end up in more of these toxic relationships because the toxic person can train them without having to tell them huh. oh. they intuitively know oh he's mad I better straighten that Oh, she's having a bad day. I better fix this. It's fascinating um, how high the percentages are of people who are very intuitive, empathetic, kind, um, thinking, oh, you know, people, some people have this personality to think everybody can change, everybody can be better. And other people think some people are shit and that's just who they are, right? So the people who think you're shit, this is who you are, are not as likely to put up with bad behavior, right? Now, sometimes we don't like them as much because <laughs> we just think, oh, they need to be a little more kind. Um, and that's what's so sad is these people's kindness are used against them, mm-hmm. and their belief in humankind, their belief in a higher power, God, religion. You know, I've seen this all over the world. So it's um, it's just their best pieces being used against them. The belief in humankind, the belief in people will change. I have a fabulous article called um, When an Optimistic Woman uh, Loves a Toxic Person. And it's that hope. Hope in humankind. Hope in change, right? And we hear, like your story, you know, uh, it's like, oh, look, he changed. He was an asshole as, as you were younger. And then he got his life together. And now he, you know, and these so many women, they they hang on to that as if like, Most of the stories are success stories, and unfortunately, sometimes most of the stories aren't success stories. And but we just, oh, I just, I just love him. I just really want him. I just, Sarah, you don't know how bad I want this, but you, I just, I just just love him. I just wanted to change. And I said, is it that you, you know, is it that you really, really want him to change, or that you really, really think he's going to? Those are two separate things. And when you can start separating those out of, I just really, really want this, or, oh, there's, there's fruit on the tree. This is what I'm seeing, you know? And when someone says, how do you know if a person's really changing? I say, they're being less selfish. You get to win sometimes. You get to make a rule sometimes. You get to break a rule sometimes and that you're not punished for it. And that's how, you know, someone's really changing, um, which, my, my therapist going through, um, my own healing work specialized in AA and alcoholism. And so it's like, I have not been through that program, but so much of my training, I feel like has been through, through that community and such a blessed community. Um, and you know, uh, that's what she would say, you know, when you go back and you make amends and you ask forgiveness, but then you, you don't ask forgiveness and then, you know, do it again the next day. Right. It's, You know, an apology without changed behavior is manipulation.
0: Mm. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. That's a lovely, lovely saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice one.
1: You have to have the apology and being less selfish, right? It can't just be when, well, how do you know he's changing? Oh, he told me he was going to, right? Oh, he, you know, he told (laughs) me. told me you know and I, I make light of it because it's such a heavy topic you know and people say you have such a positive spirit on a heavy topic and I say somebody has to right somebody has to because I do as much as I see as few toxic people as I see change I see so many people after toxic relationships blossom and go on to create beautiful lives for themselves and create security for themselves and create safety nets for themselves and create new love for themselves and new hobbies and new passion and come alive. And if you have become obsessed with um, toxic relationships, which I see happen sometimes, uh, you know it's like, oh, let me research everything there is on sociopaths and narcissism and personality disorders. And I say, no little girl grew up Dreaming of studying sociopaths—that mm. is not a hobby. It is not a hobby. It cannot be your hobby. And, and quite, on, quite honestly, it's a very small, or should be a very small portion of the healing process, mm. because it's still about the toxic person, mm. you know. And I talk about um, people who, if I may, talk about alcohol. Since, since we're here, I say it's like, okay, if you say I gave up alcohol. But every day, I just like drive by the liquor store and I just like kind of sit there and I look and I think, oh man, I wonder what the newest shipment is in, right? And Your whole life is about alcohol, even if you're not drinking it. No one would say that was healthy, okay? so yes you have to you know it's helpful to understand the signs of narcissism personality disorders and like that book why does he do that such a great book to study that to see okay this is what was happening right like with alcoholism it's like okay i need to like look and see that's what i was doing when i drank too much okay i need to not do that anymore but if that was it if that was the end of the journey it it's a sad journey right you don't you know you can't the, the healing process doesn't end with studying toxic relationships. The healing process ends with you having a fabulous life after toxic relationships.
0: And may I just say the key word there was after.
1: Absolutely. It is
0: not having a beautiful life whilst you are in a toxic relationship. Yeah, that is, is the biggest oxymoron you could possibly think about. Uh, no, it is unfortunately you need to learn the lessons. And yes, there might be a chance that if the toxicity goes away, let's say if someone must become sober, and uh, maybe there are two people involved in the whole thing. So not everything is inevitably the pure victim and the pure culprit there. Um, I don't know how much you guys over there, uh, how much the the Johnny Depp and and Amber heard story in... in I heard a bit. I heard a bit about that, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Johnny, uh, my heart goes out to you, my man. Um, No doubt you have been a dick, and no doubt you have had your problems with various drugs. Uh, It is, however brutal to see how it is things are playing out and and it is very intriguing so there are immediately people taking up her side immediately people taking up his side and no doubt this was not a nice relationship but to actually from the outside put any kind of blame and then clearly take positions i don't think that works so well Um, but having said that you need to take to take stock in your relationship and you need to actually sit down and not just go by your emotions, but actually analyze behavior and see, and I love, I love, I, sorry.
1: Analyze patterns of behavior. Exactly, so exactly. Is, that those patterns, yeah.
0: So true, and and I loved your your comparison of the molehill and the mountain, uh, and the amount of 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 behaviour that is being displayed there. So, guys, I mean that, that is that is really where it boils down to. Go for honesty, and go for humility towards yourself.
1: Yes, if, I love so, that word
0: yeah I'm you need it. to you need to to stop the pride you need to stop all the masks you need to stop rearranging everything so that it somehow looks positive and somehow yeah. makes sense to you because yeah. we're so good in that our brain comes up with these weird links that as you said oh god if i if i just not had gained 5 pounds then this would be the loving marriage that i was always yes. desiring for and no 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 those no, no, so
1: will tell you that they'll say well you know that is control that hmm. is how they control you that it, it, control is the name of the game
0: hmm. i think the reality is there is we have, we have established a bit the pattern of behaviors. We have established in our interview today that uh, that, that is far, far more common than they like to, to believe. So if a woman is listening, let's stop that here. If a person is listening, it doesn't matter your, your no. chromosomal definition, and finds him herself absolutely, oh shit, what they are saying is 100% covering me. What would you advise that person?
1: Keep a journal of to, to help with that cognitive dissonance of, was it really my fault? Whose fault oh. was it? The crazy making? Keep a journal safe, right? So they don't, no one finds this journal. Um, they Maybe keep something, okay, on this day this happened. On this day, this happened. On this day, this happened. And then think about if this was happening to someone else. It's really hard to see if it's you. Um, You can write a letter to your best friend, like, you know, here's why this would not be okay for it to happen to you, a letter to your daughter. This is why it would not be okay for your daughter to go through this. This is why it would not be okay for your neighbor, for your kid's teacher, for your little niece, whoever. It's really hard if you're seeing it happening to you. But as soon as you think, Oh, if that was happening to someone else, would I feel sorry for her? Would I want to defend her? Would I want to help her? And then think, okay, I've got to help myself. I've got to defend myself. And then ask for help. When you ask for help, the language to use is, I think I'm experiencing a relationship with a high conflict personality. Okay high conflict personality or high controlling personality, and then give um, examples from that book, right? Because if you, in a perfect world, right, if you said, oh, I think I'm being abused, people would believe you or have access, you know, be able to access that information with you. But we instantly go to, oh, you have to be, have black eyes all the time. All the time because if you just got a black eye one time people will still make excuses for that and say well everybody has their fights you know everybody has this you know but if you can establish that pattern of behavior and use words like I believe I'm in a high conflict in the relationship with a high conflict personality or a high control personality and here's why example 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 the people in your regular life, if you call a hotline or something or a, a shelter or something like that, and you say, I'm being abused, they're going to understand and have um, intellect and knowledge about that subject. But if you're talking to maybe your mother or a layman or someone, you know, someone else, and they say, I don't know, you two seem happy. He seems like a great guy, or she seems like a great girl. What are you talking about? When you have that evidence and use the language that is more, and um, you you want to speak in the language people can hear you, okay? If you were speaking to someone in, Fran- in France, you would use French. If you're wanting to speak to someone in Germany, you would use German. If you're wanting to get help from someone who doesn't have a deep understanding of these types of relationships, you want to use language they can hear so they actually help you, okay? So-
0: and I think that is, that is, no, Sarah, that is so important because if, there is there's always one theme recurring in many of the interviews where women or men have been in toxic relationships that at one stage these people have asked for help or have stated that they were sexually abused emotionally yeah. abused etc and then it is not uncommon at all that they are not being believed, that, yeah. that the response they are getting is completely deflating them and yeah. a, a, a kind of a, a disbelief. Yeah. Oh no, that can't be. No, I don't, I don't believe you. And it is it is amazing how often I hear that. And that's just brutal here you have been stuck in a relationship like that. Then Absolutely. you finally muster the, the strength to speak to a person, only then for that person to wipe you away. And you think, what then? And well, and you're,
1: you're fine. That concept you talked about and you described so brilliantly of we change our memories to adapt us, to be most convenient to us. Whoever you're talking to probably has memories of both your relationship, And both the person you were with. And so if they believe you, it requires action on their part. Because hardly any of us would want to be the type of person who heard someone's being abused and then didn't do anything about it. Right? We don't want to be that person. So it's easier to believe you aren't being abused. And our brains don't want to do the work of following through. Don't want to do the uncomfortable work of helping. And, and this is everyone, right? I'm, I, I want to be, it doesn't mean, you know, not, not everyone. Some people do want to help, but I just want to make it very help as accessible to you as I can make it. And if you come and I had a, a girl yesterday and she said, being in an emotionally abusive relationship is like being mentally assassinated every day. And if you've been in a toxic relationship, you say, yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. And if you've not been in a toxic relationship and you're just this person's friend, you're thinking, good grief, if they'd have been that bad, you really would have left. Mm -hmm. You must be lying. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you're done. You're done, Yeah.
0: But Sarah, also, uh, don't. This is not a pissing contest. Let's get that very yeah. clear. I, I say that when I when I talk to guests about PTSD, it is. It does not matter that there was blood and gore and and the guts were hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, okay. This could be a road traffic accident, which was really, uh, yeah, nasty for you. And the, the response is exactly the same, like on the battlefield or after the battlefield. Absolutely. So and so therefore it is if you if you guys out there who who think a bit, oh wow, this is maybe they're making a bit of a storm, uh, a storm in a water glass out of out of out of the whole thing. Yeah. If you think back to moments where a loved one speaks badly to you about you and how hurt you felt from that maybe one sentence, that one word, that one look of disgust at the wrong time, uh, how quickly it deflated you. That was one single moment. That was one single dagger that was pushed into your heart. Can you imagine that now happening again and again and again? Not just once, because the person really had a bad day. No, again and again and again, because that's the personality of that person. That's the way this person works on a subconscious level. That's brutal, and I love the idea of the mental assassination because that's yeah. that's I couldn't that's have put it is. in better words. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's so sad, and um, but yeah, just crafting your language in a way that. That's- gives people ears to hear you because the point is that you get help, not that they believe, you know, they have to hear all the bad things that happen to you, right, right from the get go. Sometimes that can be really, it's difficult for us to accept. It's difficult for them to hear. Um, And the whole point is that you get help. The whole point is that someone helps you and supports you and that you get the love you need to make the changes you need to make. And so whatever tips and tricks we can do to to make that easier for other people in our lives, uh, it's, it's well worth it. But that, that journal and that document so you don't feel like you're going crazy um, <laughs> and that makes it more believable. Because then people will say, oh, my gosh, you've been living in this? Like, what? It, that, that, that gives them ears to hear.
0: There is... Also, if you if you then if you were actually to keep that journal and then you find yourself in in such a manipulated position that that you that you are prevented from actually sharing that with someone, uh, every hospital, every emergency department will be there to listen out for you. So it could very well be that you are quotation mark in your own mind developing an inflamed appendix so a severe pain in the tummy and then after a few hours goes into the right lower part of your tummy and you really really need to see the emergency department so this is a medical emergency so you need to go there your your partner however controlling will probably bring you to the emergency department Mm -hmm. and their nurses will always look out for that uh, there is uh, in some hospitals there are signs on the women's toilets yes,
1: there are. Um,
0: yes. and where you can say here is your urine sample please write your name on it with black pen and if you want to talk to a nurse or if you feel that you are threatened use a red pen yes. write your name on it so there are little things like that available in hospitals Um, certainly where I have worked, there are are means there. And there are family violence coordinators, which is a bad name. They don't coordinate the family violence. They are there to be drawn into the healthcare process to assist the normal care and then add the extra layer of actually talking to you quietly and say, are you all right? And figuring that out. So if you need if you need an excuse to 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 get out, then that might be a way how you can play that.
1: Especially we're we're filming this in the time of coronavirus and the quarantine and people being quarantined at home. Mm. In situations that are unsafe, it's this is especially important at this point in time. Those little secret things you're talking about and getting help, yeah, <laughs> those are, those in, that's in the U.S. too. Um, in Canada, the back of many um, female stalls will have that information in hospitals and whatnot.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So no, that's that's so important. I guess I guess we can only hope that with speaking out the way we have been doing today, that some women and some men will gain the strength to recognize that they are in unhealthy, toxic relationship and that they gain the strength to accept that enough is enough and that it is time to take action. And that needs to be done in a, in a in a sensible way. Now, just as much as you didn't want to get into that relationship, you find yourself in it just as much. I accept that you want out, but you might actually not know the way how to get out. We talked again about the extreme versions where you need immediate help. But if you actually feel that, well, I, I don't, want to go to police, I don't want to go to women's refuge, I but I need the help. And if it resonates with them to actually talk to you, Sarah, how can people get hold of you? How can people make contact with you?
1: The best place to enter my world is the Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship. So there's lots of tips and tricks and trainings and thoughts. And, um, and most importantly, an example of life after, right? Um, for so many people, a life after, and you see other women's success stories, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it. I have never heard anyone say, you know what? I really wish I'd just stayed in the toxic relationship longer, If I could just have given up another 10 years of my life, I'd really be at a good place right now. Like, no one says that, right? And so sometimes we just need that hope. Like, we talked about hope that they would change, which is bad hope, um, but hope that you can change, hope that your life can be better, hope that there is a life after that's such a powerful example. So I would love to invite you to my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship. You can also check out my website, um, sarahkramsey.com. And there's a little .com slash contact if, if you want to schedule a call with me um, and see how I can help you further. Um, it's, those, are, those are the two main components that really just... You have a home, right? There's an online community. It's women all over the world, and you have you have somewhere to go and some people who understand where you are and understand where you could be, which is even more important.
0: And that's beautiful. And I guess that's that's why I love that you emphasise the Sarah K. Ramsey. Yes, yes. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that because you guys need to listen. That is fantastic.
1: Yeah, so when we were setting up this interview and stuff, he said, Okay, you know, I'll say Sarah Ramsey. I said, Sarah Ramsey, no way. Sarah Ramsey put up with all kinds of crap. You need to say Sarah K. Ramsey, which is the new and upgraded version of me. And it just became, I added that K to my name. I always, everything I do, Sarah K. Ramsey, but what I call random people, this is Sarah K. Ramsey. And it's always a constant reminder to myself of my journey and who I used to be and that people pleasing, no boundaries, I was manipulated. I kept thinking everyone would change and they wouldn't. I kept thinking, oh, somebody else will solve my problems for me, you know, whatever it is in that version of me that no longer exists. She is gone, goodbye, no more. Um, And Sarah K. Ramsey is, at one point, she was my superhero name and now she is just me. And she is who I live from and and who I love every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's exactly that's the guys that's the life that is waiting for you out there once that's you cool. actually address the underlying problems of whatever is happening in your life and yes there might be things that you can you can work on yourself to to become the better person the, the version 2.0 yes yeah. but sometimes it is you can you can only wish so much that your body is healing if there is still a knife stuck in your arm well it can't heal so that knife needs to come out and then you can heal and i guess sometimes that 's the same thing with with people in our world, and whilst we have today focused mainly on toxic relationships in the in the sense of a partnership in the sense of a marriage or a relationship, I loved it that that in between you said the parents the, the anyone else because it is not not restricted to only a a cordial relationship, it might be in your family and that's then it is, it is exactly the same The same principles. So mm-hmm. if you recognize yourself that, that your father has been behaving in exactly the same way as we have described, well, that's still a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, the same principles apply.
1: Yeah, it, is,
0: it will be harder, but it, it is what it is. So
1: it is, it
0: is. guys, is. don't take...
1: Or live with a broken shoulder.
0: Say it again. I'd be interrupted. If
1: you, you know, say example of your uh, shoulder. Yeah. You can either live with your shoulder messed up for 20 years and it's going to hurt every day, or you can have surgery, mm. heal it once and for all. It's not a band-aid, right? Sometimes people look for band-aids. Mm. What's one tip you would figure out after leaving a toxic relationship to make your life better? I'm like, what tip? Mental assassination, you want one tip. It's going to take more than one tip, girl. Like, <laughs> you know, it's going to take more than one tip, And, and but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. And, you know, if you just go ahead and have the surgery, get your shoulder back in place, then it doesn't hurt anymore. But if you try to live with this shoulder issue, it's going to hurt for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And, it will it'll always be there and will always feel like it's controlling everything. Because toxic people do control everything. They uh-huh. always make, make it about them.
0: Exactly. Sarah, I'm so grateful that you came onto my show today. This was uh, an amazing interview. And it is so important that we realize what is going on in our world and that we look at it with honest eyes and okay. stop bullshitting ourselves and stop bullshitting others Uh, i think it is so important that you guys out there strive to live your life so full of joy full of happiness full of serenity that you want to burst with energy that's what i wish you and there will be many hurdles in your way some of them within yourself but some of them might be immediately outside of yourself in the form of a toxic relationship today we have we've discussed how to go about it how to recognize it and where to go from here so guys out there live bold dare to make a change because you deep inside yourself you know what changes you need to make
1: yes and yes
0: Do it. Do it. Uh, If there is, if there no one on their deathbed will say, oh, if I would have just waited a little bit longer. uh, No. 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 Okay. (laughs)
1: They never say that. No one ever (laughs) says that.
0: (laughs) So you're right. So Sarah, thank you so much. A a heartfelt thank you about you sharing all this important information. And you guys out there, look after yourself. There you go. Thanks. Bye.